The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by Zeal. If you want a good massage but don't have the time to get one, have the massage come to you with Zeal. You pick the time and the location. Have your next massage on demand at home. Our listeners can get $20 off their first massage with promo code BIGIDEA. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Thursday, May 31st. In today's news, California Democrats might squander some House pickup opportunities because they can't get their act together. The Federal Reserve gives big banks a big win. And North Korean and American officials are scrambling to salvage the Singapore summit. But first, the big idea. President Trump has lost confidence in his attorney general, but Jeff Sessions isn't going anywhere. Appearing on CBS Wednesday morning, Congressman Trey Gowdy voiced sympathy for President Trump's frustration with his attorney general, Jeff Sessions, for recusing himself from the Russia investigation. Um, If I were the president and I picked someone to be the the country's chief law enforcement officer and they told me later, oh, by the way, I'm not going to be able to participate in the most important case in the office, I would be frustrated, too. Then he added, there are lots of really good lawyers in the country. Mm-hmm. He could have picked someone else. Yeah, you're Not long after that interview aired, the president himself transcribed those quotes from Gowdy and tweeted them out. Then he wrote, quote, and I wish I did. The remarkable declaration by the president of the United States that he wishes he had a different attorney general, which is quite unusual, is just the latest salvo in a prolonged effort to undermine the Justice Department and the FBI and by extension, the special counsel probe into whether the Trump campaign coordinated with Moscow to influence the election. On Twitter and in public, Trump has repeatedly denigrated the law enforcement institutions and their leaders, calling Sessions beleaguered, top leaders at the FBI crooked, and even putting the word justice in scare quotes to denote his disdain for the department. Legal analysts say the president's constant attacks threaten federal law enforcement's traditional independence inside the executive branch, and that leaders there have taken unorthodox steps to appease the commander-in-chief, such as expanding an inspector general investigation upon presidential request and making documents available they never otherwise would have. As president, Trump can fire Sessions at any time, but for nearly a year he has chosen instead merely to insult his attorney general. People familiar with the president's thinking say Trump feels bound to keep Sessions because firing him would have damaging political consequences. When Trump ousted Jim Comey as FBI director, for example, the move became a piece of Bob Mueller's investigation into whether Trump sought to obstruct justice. The president has also been told by high-ranking lawmakers that the Republican-controlled Senate would be unlikely to have the time or the political capital to confirm a successor this year. Rudy Giuliani, the president's lawyer, tells The Post that Trump is not happy with Sessions, but, quote, that doesn't mean he's going to remove anyone. He realizes that would backfire. A senior White House official said yesterday that there's no expectation Trump will fire Sessions and that he was doing nothing more than blowing off steam with his tweets. Inside the Justice Department, some officials have become numb to the president's missives, though others wonder why Sessions does not respond more forcefully. Already, Trump's efforts to shame Sessions into quitting or to reverse his recusal have become of interest to Mueller's team, according to multiple witnesses who have been interviewed by investigators. In March 2017, Trump confronted Sessions at the president's Mar-a-Lago golf club and pushed him to, quote, unrecuse himself, 
according to a senior administration official who was briefed on the encounter. Sessions declined, explaining in a tense conversation that changing course would only exacerbate the situation. The deterioration of Trump's relationship with Sessions is remarkable, given the close bond they once enjoyed. Sessions was the first senator to endorse Trump at a time when few Republican lawmakers supported him, and the two seemed to share a nationalistic worldview that shaped some of the administration's hardline policies on illegal immigration and violent crime. Even as he has faced withering attacks from his boss, Sessions has dutifully implemented Trump's agenda. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, Democrats who are facing the possibility of being shut out from a handful of key House races in California next week are blaming each other. In three Orange County districts, an oversupply of enthusiastic candidates and conflicting messages from Democratic organizations, combined with the Golden State's top two nominating system, have complicated the party's path to victory. Under the top two system, called the Jungle Primary, the two highest vote-getters in next week's primaries will appear on the November ballot, no matter which party they're members of. That means there's a possibility that two Republicans could make the ballot in some places, which happened in a 2012 House race. It might happen even in winnable districts for Democrats because there are so many liberals running and Republicans have coalesced behind one or two people. The result is that candidates are scrambling to set themselves apart while Democratic groups are trying to urge unity to gain control of the House. But unity behind who? Activists, party officials, and some candidates fear a destructive split in the Democratic vote and a level of chaos not seen in congressional primaries in California in years, if ever. Number two. The Federal Reserve, now under the leadership of a Trump appointee, voted yesterday to dramatically ease rules that were put in place after the last financial crisis to prevent big banks from making overly risky trading decisions. The vote provides another boost to an industry that's already reporting record profits. Experts say places like Goldman Sachs and J.P. Morgan Chase will get a reprieve nearly a decade after their reckless trading was blamed for contributing to the near collapse of the American economy. The new rule continues to ban proprietary trading, and regulators stress it will not allow Wall Street to return to its trading heyday. But it allows certain kinds of deals that had been cracked down on after 2008. Number three, a senior North Korean official met with his American counterpart in Singapore, kicking off a series of three bilateral meetings as officials try to salvage the summit between Trump and North Korean leader Kim Jong-un that the president canceled last week. The meeting came amid fresh doubts about the possibility of North Korea actually disarming and denuclearizing. The two teams face a daunting June 12th target date, and they know that if the meeting fails, it could increase the chances of confrontation, including military action. Kim sent his de facto chief of staff, Kim Chang Son, to lead the North Korean team in Singapore. Our team was led by White House Deputy Chief of Staff Joe Hagan, who has served in every Republican administration since Ronald Reagan's. Their talks dealt purely with logistics. Kim has expressed an unusual degree of interest in really specific details, like how much fuel the U.S. will need for the flight to get to Singapore and how many bodyguards might be brought with various American officials in their delegation. But what exactly was discussed in Singapore has been shrouded in secrecy. One of our reporters was able to get into the hotel, even though security was blocking it off, but he didn't come away with much. The White House and the State Department declined to confirm even mundane details. Then last night, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo met with another top North Korean official for dinner in New York, 
to talk about what a deal might look like. He was accompanied by the head of the Korea desk at CIA. They had steak and corn. We don't know much more. And that's The Daily 202 for Thursday, May 31st. Thanks for listening. I'm James Holman. I'll talk to you tomorrow.